Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winner Winner podcast, a gaming podcast all about player unknowns battlegrounds. I am your host Arjuna and I'm Robin and uh, we're back to bring you more in-depth strategy and news about this awesome game that some people love. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the Scar L versus the M416. These are two very similar weapons and so we're going to discuss why you might choose one over the other. We're also going to be getting into our location highlight, which is the hospital, otherwise known as Arjuna's Place, one of my favorite places to draw. And finally, for our main topic, we're going to be talking about full auto. When should you do it? Which guns should you do it with? How should you do it? Yeah, so I'm really excited to get into all of that. But first, uh, what have you been up to, Robin? Well, I haven't been playing as much PUBG as I usually do. Oh, snap. Um, I have been gaming a lot, but I've been trying out this game that's totally new to me. It's been out for a while called Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. And me and a few friends picked it up. It was on sale on Steam, and it's been really fun. Kind of a breath of fresh air, uh, close quarters combat, and just such a clean and polished game. I'm not, not saying anything about PUBG. Of course, <laughs> I feel a little bit disloyal because uh, I've been playing PUBG pretty solidly for such a while. But God, I love it, man. Uh, Rainbow Six is it's just, like I said, really polished and clean feeling and just a totally, um, totally different game altogether. Um, the one thing, there's a lot of crossovers with, I've been able to use my foot pedals because it has a leaning mechanic like PUBG does. And... Um, you know, of course, since it's close quarters and much shorter rounds, it's it's a lot more action, less looting, um, which is nice to have. Nice to throw that in there. And um, but yeah, it's kind of fun to mix it in. I'm I'm noticing it's definitely rubbing off a little bit on my PUBG skills, because uh, just because you're getting in so much more combat, um, that my reflexes have kind of heightened a little, and my aim I feel like is better. Mm. Yeah, that's. That's kind of my takeaways, is remembering to play other games, especially ones with more action, to kind of keep you polished with the combat stuff. Yeah, I gotta say, I actually turned to Rainbow Six Siege a while back when it was on sale uh, a couple months ago, and I also felt really refreshed playing it. Um, It's, yeah, definitely the close quarters combat focus was fun for me, Mm -hmm. and it is just nice to to try something else. Mm-hmm. you know transferable skills but definitely different gameplay mm-hmm. yep it's so tactical yeah um i love it i love the the kind of like slow attention to detail that the the player the play style has um but you know everyone everyone's no more than like five rooms away from you at any given time so you're on your toes the whole time totally um yeah amazing yeah. sound design too yep also, it's refreshing just to have your bullet go where your your cursor is pointing. <laughs> you know, it's something that we sometimes take for granted in video games. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing to note about this game, I was doing some reading on it recently, and it actually was plagued by a lot of bugs at launch. And mm. two of the biggest complaints the players had about this game was hit detection. So bullets going mm-hmm. where they were supposed to go mm-hmm. and lagginess. So mm. I just find that that's an interesting corollary, um, right? You know, with PUBG, and it, it gives me some heart. I mean, who knows? We'll see. But it gives me some heart that when PUBG has a similar number of years of development that have gone into it, um, maybe it'll be a tighter game. I sure hope so. Yeah, 
so yeah, anyway, yep, other games are great. Um, so moving on to more PUBG, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Drop Zone podcast. Um, they're, you know, I think pretty much the most successful PUBG podcast out there. And um, they they were kind enough to give us a shout out on their last show, which was just really great of them. So um, yeah, anyway, if you guys haven't heard of Drop Zone podcast you can just uh do a google search on that and um Mm -hmm. anyway they're really sweet guys they have great thanks for the shout out guys yeah they have really great banter and they have a really nice community so definitely do go check them out and speaking of community i just wanted to big up our growing community and um really stoked we've currently got 28 people on our discord so that's over the course of one week that's been really awesome to get to know you guys um get to hear from you and even get to game with a couple of you so i'd love to get more of that in uh you'll see me in the looking for game chat channel so uh, anyway really stoked to have you guys another development is that one of our listeners encouraged us to set up a patreon account so that we can actually receive donations from any of you listeners who feel like supporting us financially And of course, you know, this is not required and we're really happy to produce a free product and really happy to, you know, just your listening to our podcast is more than enough. Um, But for anyone who feels generous, um, feels like throwing a few bucks our way, it does really make a difference. And this podcast does take work every week. Uh, It takes hours of Robin and my time to put together and when people show their support through money, it's just a way of... um, it reminds us of the value of our time. And uh, so anyway, we don't have any special rewards set up yet. Uh, we just put it together pretty quickly, but we're going to be thinking about that moving forward. And for now, I'll just say that for you early supporters, anyone who wants to jump in before we've got that figured out, we're going to put you on a special like early access donator list and you'll get a special prize when we when we do actually roll that out. So I just wanted to thank our Discord member Empire for encouraging us to do that. And uh, they're now a contributor and we really appreciate the support, Empire. In other news, uh, Xbox support continues to grow. I think Xbox players account for a significant portion of our users. Oh, you're certainly a vocal user base. Mm-hmm. So that's just something really good for us to know. We're, we're continuing to think about how we can support you and help your game to be better as well. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is, you know, we heard from a few listeners who were talking about our recent focus on Miramar. And that was a lot because we've been playing on the PC for months. And so Miramar's really newsworthy on the PC side. Mm -hmm. But we're aware that on the Xbox side, you guys don't have access to Miramar yet. And so um, we're going to start trying to do a more even split between Erangal content and Miramar content just to make sure that we're keeping everyone in our community happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, the honeymoon is kind of over anyway. With, <laughs> yeah. With Miramar. <laughs> so ready to focus either evenly on both or even maybe a little bit more on Erangal for you guys. Totally. Just wanted to mention a few quick patch notes. I know uh, Xbox has received a significant patch recently um, that's 
addressing some of the performance issues. And uh, you guys also get a new controller layout, which is awesome. Definitely, you know, it's it all sounds magical to me because I, I haven't played on the Xbox yet, but I can imagine a new controller layout must be really exciting. As well, something I heard about recently was that they've actually increased the vehicle hit damage on the Xbox, which makes a lot of sense to me. I think I can imagine it's it's probably harder to hit vehicles on mm. the Xbox version, and so I think that makes it just uh, makes them a little less safe, probably brings the experience a bit closer to what it's like on the PC. Mm-hmm. And as always, you know, keep keep sending us some info. Uh, you Xbox supporters, let us know how it's going. Let us know what it's like on the Xbox, and we will report your stories. I don't know, Robin, are you excited to jump into our weapon highlight? Yes, let's do it. Nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't you introduce this for us, Robin? All right. So we've been thinking about changing up our weapon highlight structure for a couple of weeks, and instead of covering one weapon at a time, we were thinking it'd be interesting to cover two and to do a kind of versus and to compare two different guns. Because um, a lot of times in PUBG, it's not so much what the qualities of one gun are, but what the qualities of one gu- gun are versus another gun that you are holding already. And so we're kind of going to start this format. And the first one we're going to do it with, we're going to do it with the Scar L versus the M416, like you said earlier. And this is an interesting one because it's, it's definitely, they're very similar ARs. And it's hard. Um, I had to think about it for a little while and play for a long time before I could really distinguish between these two. Um, but there are some noticeable differences if you've been playing for a while. And so um, right away, the M4 has a slightly, very slightly uh, higher rate of fire. I think it's... Um, Wait, wait. Do you do you know the numbers on that? Is it? Yeah. I was thinking of bullet velocity when I said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the rate of fire is. Um, it says on the wiki, the PUBG wiki, the time between shots for the scar is zero point zero nine six seconds, mm-hmm. and on the M four sixteen, it is zero point zero eight six seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about point zero one seconds different. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's like it's about ten percent faster fire rate for the M4. Yeah, so ten percent faster, which is that's pretty significant. Yeah, somewhat. Um, I don't think it would be a, a deal breaker either way, but it you know it it does kind of go with that um, trade off that we often see with guns, which is the punch and the fire rate tend to be mm. inversely related. Mm. Right. Um, which in this case they have the exact same hit damage of forty one, but the impact power of this gar is quite a bit higher um substantially higher right so it's it's got a 9000 body impact body hit impact power and then this gar i'm sorry the m4 only has 3500 so well less than half um for the m4 of the impact power of this gar yeah and so and this is something again you have to play for a while before you notice it but um if you end up in a battle and we talked about this with the ak um, if you get hit by this car, the AK, you definitely feel it a lot more than you would from an M4. The M4 has the lowest of its class. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's also the most stable and has a high fire rate. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about that stability a little bit. Because um, I think that this is probably has been one of the biggest selling points for the M4 as opposed to the SCAR is that people generally find the M416 to 
behave a little better under full auto. Um, or even just if you're tapping really quickly. But the M4 tends to be just a little bit more stable in its recoil pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've watched some videos on YouTube that I think can show the difference. And it's not dramatic. It's really not. But the SCAR definitely has a higher horizontal recoil than the M4 does. Mm. Um and you know i think it's it's it gets a little jumpier as well when you're past that first like five or six bullets um which we'll talk about a little later in our full auto segment but the first that that first five or six bullets behave differently on full auto weapons than the ones that come after them so yeah the scar l's it's a little bit of a like a loose cannon so to speak Right. When it comes to that. Yeah, and I see uh, we wanted to mention noise about these two, which my impression would be that the Scar L is louder. Is that what you've heard, Arjuna? Well, yeah. Well, I had always thought that the Scar L was a louder gun, but Wacky Jackie actually posted a video in which he said that the Scar L was the quietest of all of the assault rifles. What? Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Which um, was really surprising to me to hear. Now, mm-hmm. it's actually annoying. Robin and I spent about an hour <laughs> trying to test this in-game. And we, first of all, had a hard time finding an M4. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually read that the Scar-L is more um, plentiful in the game than the M4. And our small sample size for our testing would definitely agree. I think we found three scars. Yep, and no M4s. Yeah. But that's, you know, our, with RNG, we just, for one game, it's hard to say yeah. what, what that means. Yeah, hard to say for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did another game, and we found one scar and, and no M4. No, wait, actually, we found an M4 that last game. Right. I think one of each, so. Yeah. And then we died before we could test them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is something, we're, we're going to keep working on this, and um, if we get any compelling findings, we're going to post them on a YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. Right, we'll have to do our homework earlier, right. uh, ahead of the time. Right, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, noise is definitely a consideration, and, and we're talking about noise from a distance, right? How far away can you hear the weapon? Mm-hmm. Now, Robin, what was that distance that you quoted it's kind of in the general ar noise range at 750 okay meters is supposed to be the furthest away that you can hear an ar right um and now at that range you it would be very quiet and the suppressor is supposed to bring that sound range down to 500 meters right so yeah so yeah so it's interesting to to think that within the ars some of them might actually have a variance in terms of how far their sound travels Mm-hmm. You know what we should do for this versus segment mm. is I think we have to say which one each of us would choose. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I think a week ago I and I I always rave about the M4. Um, I think I would have said I would favor it, but right now I kind of have a little bit of a crush on this car mm. um, because of that impact power. The less noise which is i should say reputed less noise because mm. i haven't really confirmed that um 
And it's like pretty even otherwise in terms of speed, a little bit less with the stability, but it just, you know, I kind of like having the beefier gun lately. Mm. Um, having that edge of having that impact power against someone where someone's trying to snipe you and you ping them with the bullet and they they lose their aim for a second. It's pretty valuable. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And if you if you like full auto someone at closer range with a high impact power gun, it can really mess them up. Like I've definitely had gunfights where I was scoped on, you know, I was like red dotted on them and they were firing at me. And the fact that their first few bullets threw me off made the difference between winning and losing that firefight. Mm, yep. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I was fluctuating. There was a while there where I was really going for the M4 because I've been working on my full auto mm. and the M4 is just a really rewarding gun in that capacity. But um, the Scar was my first love as far as assault rifles went. And just since in the last week or so, like you said, since I've been thinking about this more, I think it's been the Scar for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's two votes for Scar. That's a full endorsement from this podcast. Yeah. Scar L, (laughs) the official full auto 5 mil gun of the Winner Winner podcast. I really like the M4, but I think the M4 is just kind of boring. I don't know. It's like like dependable. It's reliable. it, It does what it's supposed to, but I don't know. Yeah. Some excitement. Mm -hmm. I would say if you're a newer player to the game and you're still getting your gun mechanics all figured out, I would recommend the M4. Yeah. Without a doubt. Another thing I should note is that the M4, I think, has definitively better iron sights. Yes. Without a doubt. Good point. I think so. The the SCAR has pretty terrible iron sights. They're bad. Yeah. (laughs) They're really terrible. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like if you're gonna iron sight with the scar, like the sight just covers the entire player, and you can't mm-hmm. see them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you might as well just target with the scar instead yeah. of aim down sight if you don't have a red dot or something. Right. Or just you know, I mean, it, it'll be more accurate if you ADS, but you have to accept the fact that you won't actually be able to see who you're shooting at. So mm-hmm. right, it's tough. Yeah. The only and the, one other thing I'm thinking about is. Uh, the attachments are all the same for both of them, except for the tactical stock on the M4. Good point. Which I've heard is isn't doesn't really do a lot. If you actually put it on and shoot a line across a wall and then take it off and shoot a line across a wall, they're pretty much the exact same. So I don't really know. I mean, it's probably more of a psychological advantage there. Oh, my M4 is totally decked out. Totally decked out, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I so yeah, again, I turned to Wacky Jackie on this one. He has a very good video on it, which uh, I'll include in the show notes. And he, the the main difference he noticed with the tactical stock on the M4 was that it reduced vertical sway when scoped. Hmm. So if you're using your M4 as your sniper rifle, um, or just, you know, if you're in a long distance wow, situation. that guy is like really perceptive. Yes. That's... <laughs> yes. That is quite a, a thing to catch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's, li- you know, it's listed as a benefit. So oh, he, it is. He okay. tested it out. Got it. But you're correct. The, you know, you, you tend to think like, oh yeah, that, that buttstock really makes it a more stable weapon. And mm, mm-hmm. for the majority of your shooting, it really doesn't make a difference. Okay. Well, there you go. So if you want to go the sniper route, the M4 might be a little better. Yeah. With the, with the tack stock. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got that 10% or uh, 10 meter per second um, higher bullet speed. Right. At eight, 80 meters per second instead of 870. Right. So that doesn't really matter, I, I, to be honest to me. No, nah, that's <laughs> negligible. Yeah. Negligible effect. But I think they all are at the end of the day. You know, it's like a, right. it's, it's a lot of marginal um, differences. Right. That subtly affect the feel of a gun. And comes yeah comes down to personal preference really it does and I think we're we're really talking about razor margins here with these two weapons which I think is one of the reasons I was so interested in comparing them you know like for example the the recoil is significant on the AKM and it really might make the difference between your winning and losing I I think the number of times that an M4 would have won you a situation that a scar l wouldn't have is mm. going to be a lot slimmer i'm not yeah, saying it's never going to happen yeah but it's a they're, they're a lot closer yeah yeah you know what i guess i'm thinking i, I kind of want to change topics but i am thinking if i really wanted to win a game and i usually don't care that much to be honest usually i'm just in there to like have experiences and have fun uh, but if i really wanted to win if i was making a choice between the two i would probably actually choose the m4 yeah so, so that's now tainting my answer of the Ascar. But right now, I'm going Ascar. I'm just having fun. Giving it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Taking it on a date. Buying it a drink. <laughs> so, you know where you probably don't want to buy a drink, though, is in the hospital on Erangel. <laughs> so, you like that smooth segue? Nice segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is our location highlight. Uh, we actually call it our Juna's Place. Um because he will always try to get us to drop there whenever it's within the flight path. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, kick it off, man. What do you love about it? Man, it's like, what don't I love about this place? So for starters, it's a unique building in the game. There's no other hospital in this game. Uh, so I love that. Uh, I really, before I get into the place, I like where the hospital is situated. It's just south of Georgia Pole. And it's it's the biggest landmark on that west side of that map area. And I think Georgia Pole's a really interesting town to fight in. It's got the containers. Uh, it's got the north and south. Um, and of course, we can, we'll talk about Georgia Pole in another episode. The, the hospital is situated between that with a road running east-west to the north. It's also got another road running east-west to the south of it. So, um, good vehicle spawns and it's got three warehouses to the east of it. And so I just, I find that when I drop there, I end up not only in interesting fights in the hospital, but also the area around it, I find really interesting. Mm -hmm. And the hospital is a piece of high ground in that area. So you can often cite people in Georgia Paul from there, even if it doesn't provide the best cover to be on the roof and looking into Georgia Paul, but it's just a really, it's a good place to be to know what's going on. So when you actually drop on the hospital right away, um, I think this is a building where the choice of landing on the roof or the ground is mm. a pretty relevant choice. And the fact that it has two roofs on it, there's a northern roof, which is like a U shape. Right. And then there's the southern roof, which is just a straight line. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun because you get this tactical choice of which roof do I land on and where's everyone else landing. And you you often end up having these like pot shot pistol fights across the roofs. Yep. And that's really juicy. Yeah, I love, I think that's my favorite part. Actually, I love all the gunfights there for some reason. And it's just really, 
um, engaging kind of action movie, close quarters, or across the roof, the kind of standoff feel. Totally. Um, it just it reminds me a lot of some like level designs you see in um, smaller scale first person shooters where you have these kind of like two structures facing each other and um, you end up with these kind of like gallery situation shootouts uh, from window to window or roof to roof. Definitely. Yeah, it, it does have a lot of Hollywood. There's a lot of like you jump from the roof onto the walkway running yep, between the yep, two yep. roofs. You can, you know, you can push up on someone else's roof if you have a shotgun, maybe. So, yeah, it's it, right away. It's presenting you with an interesting action scenario. And then the staircases that run through the middle of each building mm-hmm. are also really, they're really interesting places to fight. I want to note that I think it, it is really tempting when you first drop of the hospital to try to control the staircases. Hmm. And I, it's they're difficult to control. In fact, these days I try to avoid fighting in the staircases as much as possible because I find, not always, but I often find that the people in the hallway have an advantage. Right. Um, and one thing that I've really liked doing as I've gotten to know the hospital better is relying more on the fire escapes Mm. so on the southern building there's a fire escape on the eastern side of the building and on the northern side it's on the western side and the cool thing about these is that they only have one choke point the staircase comes up and it meets the building and there's one door that goes in on each floor and so this can actually be a great way to outmaneuver an opponent Um, who might, if they don't know the hospital as well, they might not realize that they can get flanked like that. So for example, a fun playstyle pattern if you're in a tense shootout is maybe someone, maybe you're below someone on the staircase and they think that you're going to come up that, that middle staircase and they're ready to, they're camping you, right? If you instead run down to the end of the hallway and get in the fire escape and climb up to the next floor, sometimes you can actually flank them and hit them from the side and they, they're not expecting it. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And those fire escapes, you're not really going to get flanked on those as much. If you're trying to watch those center staircases in the middle of the floor, there's the hallway that combi- that um, connects the two sides, right? Um, there's that bridge, depending on what floor you're on. But then you have to look to your left and right down the hallway, too. So there's, like, three directions that you have to be pretty fully aware of um, there with the stairs and then the halls to your side. So I can see why you wouldn't want to do that anymore, Arjuna. <laughs> totally, yeah. I've yeah. learned. I've learned from my many drops here that... Yeah. It's just, it's an unreliable thing. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can do it. You can control them and you can win that way. But I definitely use the fire escapes more than I ever used to. This is a great place to drop first all, all sizes of squads, whether it's solo, duo, or full squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you can usually loot up an entire squad just from this building. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get dropped there, what's your kind of plan afterwards usually? Because you have... Georgia Pole to the north. Right. And then those warehouses is part of the kind of like southern containers area. Mm-hmm. And then to the south, there's a very small settlement of a, maybe three buildings um, along a road that you can right. travel that kind of hit sporadic small loot places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first thing I'm looking to do after I drop hospital is usually find a vehicle, unless I'm getting tangled up in some fights, which often happens. But the good news is you can almost always find a vehicle 
pretty close to this location. So one of the most reliable spawn points, although a dangerous one, is that there's usually a vehicle sitting right in the middle of the road that runs through uh, southern Georgia Pole. Mm-hmm. But it's like the most exposed vehicle in the entire freaking right. game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I exa- that's exactly what I'm thinking when I think of the vehicle, and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like I can remember getting killed like around that vehicle at least a couple of times. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a risky proposition. But the good news is the road to the south, um, there's like a, a building southeast of the hospital, and it's on the northern side of that road. And it, it has a garage, and so that's a good place to look for a vehicle. Yeah, I've noticed we go there more um, than we go north Yeah, of the hospital. It's like we, we land, we get the loot at the hospital, and then we play it safe and go south. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's something I actually kind of want to try now is to drop at southern georgia pole loot for a couple of minutes and then wait for the people who looted the hospital to come up north mm, yes <laughs> and camp them like people have camped us yes it could be a good strategy yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah another thing you can do if you want to attack the hospital from a different angle is you can actually drop in the warehouses first so there's those warehouses that are just east of the hospital over the hill there's three of them It's a more viable strategy, I would say, in solos or duos um, to land there and hope you get some good warehouse loot. And then you can come over the crest of that hill. And sometimes you can even, if someone's kind of lollygagging on the roof, you can take them out from that hillside or you can even look into the windows of the hospital Mm. and uh, just try to shoot them through the windows. They're often not expecting that. Yeah. Are there windows that go down the halls by chance from the outside or not? Probably not. What do you mean? Like, if you were to look at the building from the east, mm. say, at third floor level, you, you wouldn't be able to see down the third floor hallway, would you? Would oh, you like a window? No, you can't look all the way down the hallway. Yeah. No, okay. no. I think it's mainly the doors mm-hmm. uh, from the fire escapes that let you see in. Yeah. Okay. But you can still you can still see a lot of the hospital from that hillside vantage point. And it actually makes me think, well, another interesting thing about fighting in the hospital is that you can, between north and south, there are these whole banks of windows. And sometimes you can pick up an easy kill just by, if someone's looting on the other side of the hospital and they're not paying attention, yeah. you can just get a headshot on when they run into a room. <laughs> I love trying that. Yeah so many ways to attack the hospital it's a really fun and versatile environment i highly recommend it um if you're if you're not feeling ballsy or if you're a newer player i'd recommend landing on the ground floor and not getting tangled up on the roof um it's a the roof is a high risk area or you know and if you're in squads make sure i always communicate with my squad kind of what roof they're landing on um, but if they end up on the other roof, it's actually not that big of a deal. Um, you can usually help each other out from the other roof pretty well and kind of angle on people that way too. Yeah. So that's our location highlight. We get to talk about our main topic now. That is full auto uh, as a fire mode. And the kind of main question is, when should we be using full auto right. instead of single or burst? And, um, yeah, so what I think you chose this one, Arjuna. What made you think of it? Well, I was initially thinking about it because we were comparing the SCAR and the M4, mm-hmm. and I thought this would be a good time to 
raise this topic, I think those are two of the guns you're most likely to run full auto in. Mm -hmm. So I think my trajectory with this game went something like this. When I first started playing it, I was used to other shooters that I'd played. And so like when I'd get an AK or a, a Scar or an Ump or whatever, and I'd see an enemy and I'd point my crosshair on him and I'd just lay into him with full auto. Mm -hmm. And I quickly realized that I was probably hitting like <laughs> one in 30 bullets doing that. <laughs> I remember some early moments like that too, where I'd, I'd get a jump on somebody and then try to lay in on them, even at a somewhat close range on full auto and just not be able to control it and just feel like a big potato. And then they'd turn around and kill me. <laughs> yeah, with a pistol. Right? It's the worst. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. So um, so I, I, it got me thinking like, all right, I'm, I was obviously doing it all wrong. So then I went through a phase of doing a lot of single tapping. So I was doing that for a while. Um, on auto or on single fire? On single fire, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. or, or even if I was on auto, I'd just tap it. Um, and then that, that just helped me to get a feel for the mechanics. And I started aiming, uh, holding down my right click or even ADSing, which I'm still, to be honest, I'm still learning that I need to ADS more in this game. Mm, yes. Again, I'm going to say we need to be able to um, hold right click to aim down sight. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Make a big difference. Yeah. And I'm curious about how it is on the Xbox. Maybe one of you guys can let us know. Do you, uh, is there like an ADS toggle on the Xbox or do you have to hold the button down to aim down sight? I'd be really interested to know that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, yeah. So as I started to get more comfortable with the aiming mechanics, I started to get a little bit more comfortable doing these controlled burst auto fire. And then I would say in my more recent games, I've really started trying to incorporate more full auto into my game, but, but trying to do it obviously in a higher accuracy way and trying to learn like when do I, when do I use it versus when do I not? So that that's kind of an overview. I don't know. What, did did you have a trajectory with your it, full it's auto? It's actually really similar to mine. Is kind of started out using it a lot, or not even paying a lot of attention to which one I was using, whereas now I'm hyper aware of it. Um, and learning I couldn't control it, and then switching to single fire and doing mostly like tap firing, or if I was on auto, I would do burst. Um, and then now I'm like fully embracing full auto at mid range and still learning to control it. But, um, yeah, definitely more in that mode where I go full auto if I think I have a chance of controlling it. Um, mm. but just depends, depends on the situation. If someone's peaking me at mid range, then I'll switch to single fire. Mm. Yeah. If someone's out in the open at mid range then I definitely want to stay on auto. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So the size of the target is a factor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say that for me, too. Like, for example, uh, another time I might go full auto at mid-range is if someone's driving a car by me. Uh, uh -huh. um, it's just a bigger target. I was just thinking about that. How And there's two different methods to go at with a car, too, because you can either try to kind of snipe the person right. out of it or just do the spray and kind of, you know, if you miss the person, you're still getting vehicle damage. Right. And so if you think you can... Uh, empty a clip, reload, and still land some shots, you might as well spray. It brings up this question of when should you full auto, right? 
Now, I think most people would agree, and I would just generally say this is a good rule, that if you're at close range, you should be going full auto with any of your full auto weapons. So like if you're in, you know, if you're in, inside the hospital, for example, or if you're doing corner leaning in the school or something like that, uh, anything close quarter, full auto is a big advantage. So I, I would highly recommend that. But this, this, the question of mid-range and then especially long-range, when would you go full auto, I think is a much more interesting one. Mm, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and, and so the, this is what I've been finding is that it's actually often more dependent upon the context of the fight than I might necessarily have thought. Like, I think you made a really good point about peaking. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of peaking going on. Then single tapping is a great thing to do. However, like if someone's, I, I think part of that is because when people are peaking, they're usually still, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I like about full auto is, is for moving targets. Right. Because it can be hard to get your individual shots lined up. But if you're sending a lot of rounds someone's way while they're moving, there's a mm -hmm. good chance that some of them are going to hit. Yeah. You know, also, if you're single tapping a moving target... I find that my my rate of fire at mid to long range is really low because I'm waiting for that recoil to settle back down yeah. before I shoot again. And I think you could we could probably get better at that where we're compensating immediately and still firing really quick, but it's kind of easier to just drag down the mouse on auto fire and do this like kind of continual compensation instead mm. of round per round. Mm. Um and yeah, of course you're gonna miss more shots on full auto, but I've been surprised the number of times lately where I'm just going full auto on a mid-range target and I'm like, oh, like this person's gonna get away. And then they end up dying pretty like soon. I, I miss a lot of shots, but I'll usually, there's been a lot of times where they go down and I was satisfied and kind of surprised. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think full auto definitely ups the kind of random lucky kill factor. Mm -hmm. Like I, I recently had a scenario where I dropped it at uh, Milter Power, Robin's place, and I had a scar and I got two kills just by doing some kind of semi-sloppy full auto of like firing through grates where I thought people were but maybe I couldn't necessarily see them really clearly, but I just picked up some kind of lucky kills that way. Nice. Yeah, this is literally a spray and pray to the RNG gods kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think spraying is an interesting thing. So spraying is something uh, that I, I actually would like to use more of in my game. Mm -hmm. I think spraying can be a really effective midpoint between tapping and full autoing and wait I what do you mean what's the difference between spraying and full auto yeah maybe i'm not using the right vernacular so i i would think of like um if you hold for a moment like if you shoot for like five or six bullets right mm. and then you release it and let the weapon come back down for just like a fraction of a second and then you do it again right i see okay no, I just when I say spray and pray, I mean just like hold down the trigger. And yeah, 
with your eyes closed and just hope you get a kill. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe what I'm talking about is burst firing. Right, totally. But like I want to make kind it... of a manual burst fire. Exactly. Yeah. I want to make a distinction between that and the weapons that actually have burst fire modes. Right. So what I'm talking about is you have a weapon on full auto and you shoot it in controlled burst instead of just holding it down. Mm-hmm. So I really like this on definitely higher recoil guns like the AK. I find this approach to be uh, more effective. And if a target's a little bit further away, then I'm comfortable full autoing. I'll try this method as well. Mm -hmm. Another good use for the, the burst firing is like if someone's doing a lot of peeking, like they're in one window and they keep popping their head in and they're popping their head out, I find that it can be sometimes nice to just send a few bullets in there. Um, you might catch them. And I, I actually will prefer that sometimes to, to just one bullet tapping as well. But I haven't really, I haven't yet come up with a metric for exactly why I would want to do one or the other, um, other than it's just a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. And this does bring up the topic of, like we'd mentioned before, the game has specifically designed it so that a lot of the guns will have a more controlled spray for the first five or six bullets. And then if you continue to hold the, the trigger down, it will get the um, recoil, both horizontal and vertical, mm-hmm. will increase. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to think about as well. You might actually get the most kind of bang for your buck by just doing a bunch of five bullet yeah. sprays in rapid succession, right? Yeah, I guess after that, like five bullet mark, you're like in full prairie zone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I've noticed I increasingly enjoy in this game is just this like abandon that comes along with that mode of just like, all right, I'm just holding the trigger down now, hoping yeah. that one of these bullets is some, yeah. it'd be a, it'd be a funny challenge to actually, um, play where you, when you choose to fire at someone, you don't let go of the trigger until the clip is exhausted or until they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's like, that's like Rambo mode or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah action movie mode yeah well you you provide good cover that's true yeah that's true so i wanted to talk briefly about the weapons that there are two weapons in this game that are designed for longer range that have full auto capability and they are the vss and the mark 14 now as we all know the vss is it's not exactly a long range gun but I think of it as a, in some ways, as a longer range gun than your average AR, right? Um, it's certainly got the scope for it. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really interesting how I've, like, for example, I remember there was a time when I could see a person looting someone else's dead crate and they were prone on the ground and I was up on the hill and it was definitely medium to long range and I had a VSS. And I took a couple of exploratory shots with the VSS to see what the bullet drop was. And once one of my shots hit the player, then I just I just laid on full auto, mm-hmm. and I and I full auto sniped them with the VSS and killed them nice. pretty much instantly. Yeah. 
And it just, it, that experience really got me thinking mm-hmm. about full auto at range. Yeah, I think that is the gun to do it with. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any other gun in the game that can pull that off. Mm. Um, Cause it's got such a low kick. Yeah, you still have to compensate. You can't just hold your mouse still. Um, but it's definitely the most stable auto fire in the game um, that I can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I increasingly love that gun. Mm. Um, I think we covered it in one of our early episodes, right? Yeah, we did. That's too bad because I like have so much more <laughs> to say about that. You want to cover it to? again? <laughs> well, we could always come back to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should maybe do that. I don't know what we would compare it to. Even it's such a class of its own. I know. Yeah. Do you do you think that you would ever make use of the Mark fourteen full auto at range? Mm, unlikely, yeah. unless I had an extended mag. And it was against a vehicle. That's the one case I could see. Or, mm. or like somehow there was a squad just like clustered up, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Nah, I don't want to choose. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. <laughs> spray these guys." But against a vehicle, because that w- a extended mag would put it at 20 rounds, and if you get through two clips, you can you can take out any vehicle in the game if you land all your shots. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it's slightly over 40 mm-hmm. rounds to take out a UAZ. But, um, Even from the Mark 14, you think? I think well, it's seven mil. Yeah. And the the data I've seen is per round. The damage is huh. decided by the round. Interesting. But okay. I don't know if that's totally accurate or not. Yeah, because I know the Mark 14 does more damage than the AK per bullet. Right. Oh, definitely yeah. against against a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. I agree. I would not use i mean the mark 14 has some pretty substantial kick so i would not use it full auto except in in the same scenarios that i would use an ak full auto you know what i want to try with it is Mm. full auto mid-range and close range Mm. without an 8x of course yeah like a 2x on it or a red dot yeah and try that out it would be fun i think it could slay yep yeah i mean being able to down someone in just three or four bullets in full auto is like big Mm -hmm. deal Right, And I did, I actually, I won a chicken dinner recently and it's the video I've got up on YouTube called Anatomy of a Chicken Dinner. And I was bullet racing against someone who was full autoing me with an AR. Mm-hmm. And I just tap, tap, tapped them with the Mark 14 and, and I won the race. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, anyway, that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, just, I wanted to just mention the burst mode weapons before we sayonara here have you ever used the ump or the vector in burst mode actually yes i i've done it a lot more recently i i didn't used to like it uh because it felt underpowered for close range and then for long range that second bullet's how it's going above your target anyway yeah but i actually for well there we go it's it works well for mid-range um Mm. i find because with the vector you're just gonna blow it all um on, <laughs> yeah. like if you're on full auto on anyone more than 25 feet away you're gonna blow it all and not kill them probably um yeah that's all so too I, familiar for me i love the the burst fire for that and the same with the ump um the ump i'm more likely to go to just auto fire and try to control it yeah um but the vector i i really like burst mode um mm. i'll do that i pretty much won't even try the vector um on single fire um at at medium or long range hopefully i have something else that can like fill that role oh yeah unless it's early game 
Um, I could see single fire in a desperate situation on, on like a high range target, but yeah, I actually like burst mode. And for the M16, it's amazing. You have to compensate at, and even at like good, like kind of mid range and a little further, you can control burst mode to be pretty devastating. Oh yeah. On the M16. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would say that the, that M16 burst mode, I think of it as, as more advanced technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely in any close quarters fight, if you're in a building doing that, you know, doors peeking around corners kind of a thing, mm-hmm. that burst mode is super devastating. Yeah. I, I would tend to recommend against people who aren't really into medium or advanced players trying to use the, the M16 burst mode at medium distance. Like I even, I was watching Shroud play the other day and in one of his videos, he's fighting against opponent who's is not too far away, definitely medium distance, and they're burst firing against him, and he's mm-hmm. just scoffing. He's just like, "Why is this person burst firing with the M16?" <laughs> um, now I know. I think I, think, I actually saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they were. I would call that that was a little bit on the far side of mid range, yeah, if yeah. I remember. Could mm-hmm. be, could be, and I do think. I think of the M16 as predominantly a tapping weapon, and I only use burst fire on the M16 at like very close, like shotgun range. But it, I've, I've, you know, I've seen Fuglet have some good success using the burst fire mode at medium range. Mm-hmm. So that's one I would experiment with it, um, but I, I wouldn't make it my go-to default unless you're really confident or really comfortable with it mm-hmm. yeah i agree i agree yeah. um but yeah it's got the fastest fire rate of all the ars on burst mode if you hit the trigger fast enough oh the M16. totally yep yeah totally and if like if you've got the drop on someone or if they're like running through a door and you're posted up you can just like tap twice on that burst mode and they're dead right mm-hmm. so it can definitely be really devastating I definitely think of mastering your full auto as like one of the essential skills in this game. So it's one of the reasons why I keep doing it even though I know that I'm not very good at it and even though I've been dying more when I try to do it. But I just feel like it's one of the biggest things that separates the better players Mm -hmm. from the more beginning players. Agreed. Yeah. And and I've this game is less forgiving than a lot of games in that in that regard. So yeah, get out there, people. Lay down the trigger, and show them what you're made of. All right, man. I'm proud of us. I think we finished that in less than an hour today. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we did a good do, job. Get on Robin. with your lives. <laughs> yeah, we really we really kept it on point. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us again for another week of Winner Winner Podcast. We really love having you, and we'd love to see you in our Discord channel. It's a growing community, lots of friendly folks in there. And uh, also, if you're feeling generous, you can go ahead and contribute to us on our Patreon page, which you can find in the show notes, and that's also on our website. And of course, there are a lot of contributions that we love. For example, just sending us an email is wonderful. And leave us a review on iTunes or another platform that you use. That's another really great way to just give us a little extra support. You can always tell your friends as well. Thanks for listening in for another week, and we will look forward to catching you next week. See you guys. See you guys.